Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Talking Point after the Styrian Grand Prix in 2021. Um, another win for Max Verstappen, his third win in four, and uh, Red Bull looking very, very impressive this, e- uh, this season. Uh, my name is Henry Valentine, and with me today is Charlotte Lyons from uh, from F Series and the Purple Sector. Charlotte, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Like it's um, it's been a little while since the race finished, but um, there's there's really been plenty to to digest from it. It wasn't the most entertaining in terms of um, how high the bar has been for this season. But what did you uh, what did you make of what happened? I thought the first couple of laps were like quite exciting because obviously we had sort of the drama at the back of the field, um, and then obviously Lando was still up there in P three, and then along come uh, Perez and Bottas. But I feel like the French Grand Prix, I know we give it stick, but that was actually more exciting than this one. <laughs> which yeah, which sounds really counterintuitive, but I think that's just how the season's gone, really, hasn't it? It's been unexpected at every turn, but it's it's been nice in a way like that. Yeah, it's been like. Everything is un- unexpected. Like I'm not going. I don't go into any race weekend thinking I know what's going to happen anymore because I just don't. Well, that's how we all want it, though, isn't it? That's that's ultimately uh, how we want the season to go. But um, yeah, like like I said, another win for Max Verstappen, an 18 point lead in uh, in the World Championship now, and um, things are looking pretty good for Red Bull, aren't they? Yeah, I think I'm really surprised by Red Bull because I think from Bahrain we obviously saw like Lewis win and there was that sort of battle but then it's literally been like that every single week but this week it was just like Max was just so dominant he just from the get-go he just went and I think it just shows like how well Red Bull have improved this season and I think it is going to be like this for the rest of the season I don't see how Mercedes are going to catch them up. Yeah at least not at this moment in time anyway because Toto Wolff said after the race that um, well, for the first time in the turbo hybrid, hybrid, turbo hybrid era, he feels that um, Mercedes just didn't have the pace, which feels like a, a big thing to admit. And he also said that they're not going to bring any more upgrades. But do you believe him? I mean, I kind of want to believe him, but I kind of don't. Because I just think <laughs> if you're going to be performing like this and Red Bull's got this upper hand on you, you're going to want to give yourself an upgrade to try and at least fight back but then also he said how they're like putting everything into like a new concept for next year's car so I do I do kind of see where he would be coming from if they said we're not upgrading but I think they need to upgrade to still be in the battle for the constructors definitely yeah exactly and uh, Max Verstappen said after the race that Red Bull have been trying to bring improvements to their car to every race and um, that that's really shown over the weekend because um, like Verstappen and Hamilton were in an absolute class of their own that they were they left Bottas about 30 seconds behind in the race I think at one point and um, yeah, the, for those two to be so far ahead of everyone else and lapping Lando Norris in P5 as well, like I think it shows that they are just above everyone else. But ultimately, Hamilton needs um, that machinery underneath him because he really didn't have the pace, did he? No, and I think I think he knows that as well. Like obviously, we know that Lewis has won everything for so long, and I think you can see like in his sort of post race interviews now that he knows that like Mercedes needs to do something to make sure that Max doesn't keep winning because it's not just Max. Like we've seen Perez win as well. 
And it's not as if Perez is miles behind either. He is coming up. So it's like they need to do something to stop how dominant they are. Exactly, and it's um, it's weird. They've, they've almost given a, a taste of their own medicine in the last few races, hasn't it? Because um, this is the first time since 2014 that, um, that Mercedes haven't won in four races, which in itself seems absolutely baffling, but uh, that just shows how, how strong they've been in all that time. And, um, I mean, it's nice for us as fans as well to be able to uh, to be able to watch it and like not know who's going to win. Yeah, I think Mercedes fans now know how Red Bull and like Ferrari have felt for the past like seven years because it's just been so dominant by Mercedes, but now it's changing and I think it's really good. And it's like it means that we can go into a race weekend and actually sit back and see a battle every weekend. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, it's the first of two races at the Red Bull Ring as well. And um, like, can can you see much changing next weekend? Because um, the cars will obviously be much more set up to their liking. They'll know exactly where where they need to improve but ultimately um like lewis uh, lewis was on his radio asking how how much he felt that mercedes were losing on the straights alone to red bull and they said it was about a quarter of a second so that's that's quite a that's quite a big gap on on a short circuit isn't it yeah i feel like they've got obviously got this week to sort of set up the car more to suit the track but i don't think there's going to be that big of a difference just because it is literally there will be uh, again on thursday and it's already monday so I just don't see how there'll be a, like a huge difference, but hopefully it's a bit more exciting, um, and maybe like the weather might come into play. Who knows? <laughs> they were saying that all weekend, weren't they? They were saying, "Oh yeah, it's going to rain all weekend," and then there was none at all. <laughs> so I mean, hopefully um, it'll be able to to mix things up a bit, and there'll be softer compounds as well next weekend. So um, so this weekend's hard tyres will actually uh, will not be on. Uh, on the agenda at all so this week's mediums are going to be the hard tyres and that that could switch it to a two-stopper which might make things a little bit more interesting yeah I think I think we always want a two-stopper just to like sort of switch up the strategies and like actually do like in France that would have been a perfect two-stop race um but yeah I think obviously the tyre compounds will change it because they do need to set their car up for that as well so yeah we might see a a different sort of race maybe Lewis will be better this week i don't i don't really think he will but maybe he will yeah exactly but um that's that's all for uh for this weekend and looking in the wider context of the championship then um like red bull went three points further clear of mercedes in the constructors championship and uh, max verstappen now 18 points clear of lewis hamilton so um like <laughs> that um uh, that lockup in baku is looking um even more important now isn't it and that's the thing. I think every every aspect of each race counts. Like if Lewis hadn't locked up, he would have been ahead, and like that sort of stuff. And but then also, eighteen points isn't that many points in context in Formula One. That could just take Max to DNF or like something to happen with Red Bull, and Lewis will be straight back up there if he can capitalize on it. So yeah, I personally think that Red Bull will win the constructors just because of how the other Mercedes is sort of performing as well, and because Perez is really fitting in well with that team so yeah I think I think with Lewis and Max anything can change but I do think Red Bull have the upper hand over Mercedes right now and one big place that they've had upper hands um, throughout the whole season so far has been in the pits hasn't it and um, it was it was uncharacteristic of Red Bull to to mess up their pit stop on Perez and it was um, it was 4.8 seconds which in the grand scheme of things really isn't that long at all but that ultimately cost him a place on the podium in the end didn't it yeah, and I think if you look back to, was it Baku as well, where they sort of had a long pit stop with Perez as well, and it's like, okay, this is so weird for Red Bull, because they've always got 1.8s, 1.9s. Um, but yeah, ultimately that did sort of lose him the podium, but again, he was so close to get, I think, half a lap more he would have got by us for the third place, so yeah. 
that's exactly what he said after the race as well, wasn't it? He um, he opted to, to take an extra stop and he was just reeling Bottas in like, well over a second a lap. But um, he was right on his tail on the, on the last corner, but he just ultimately couldn't get there. But that would be, um, be a good little confidence booster for Bottas, though, being able to sort of fight up there again after a couple of really tough weekends for himself. Yeah, I think it was probably a major thing for him to actually get on the podium because he's like, okay, I can, I'm still good enough to be here, especially with all the rumours about George coming in and taking a seat or him being dropped. So I think that would definitely help him. And we might see next week where he actually capitalises on this result and does really well. Yeah, you'd hope so for his sake as well because like he is like he's had a really rough time of it and. Um... And you know, I'm I'm very much in the camp of like I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen to him next season. It'll be great to see George Russell get an opportunity in that Mercedes, but ultimately, uh, <laughs> it still feels like Bottas's seat to lose, and um, things really haven't gone that well for him. So that that's that's nice to see him back up there again, isn't it? Yeah, like you said, I feel like everyone kind of wants George in there, but also if Valtteri still does get podiums, it's like you can't really kick someone out if they're still getting regular podiums. So yeah, I'd, uh, like you said, it's literally his seat to lose now. Yeah, and then um, looking further down the field then, yeah, another podium for Bottas, Perez getting uh, getting P4, and Lando Norris yet again, um, another top five finish, and he said that's kind of lost his, uh, it's kind of lost its wow factor now, but it, like, the wow to us is still still pretty strong, isn't it? He's, he's having a brilliant season. Yeah, I think it really shows like, how well like McLaren have like come up again, like because Lando's getting consistent points, and I think it also shows that he's maturing as a driver as well, and for him to come out and say like, that's sort of like boring now that I'm getting like it's the title I keep getting points it's like that just shows that I think he wants more like he knows that he can get more and he wants more so yeah I think it's really exciting right now I think, feel like, like even more so now McLaren have done well to actually sign him up so early in the season because like if if like if he wasn't signed for next year it does make you wonder like who would be eyeing him up for a drive next year well yeah definitely if you look at how many points they've got so far as a whole of McLaren most of them are from Lando. He's had two podiums already, consistently in the top five. Like, I think I think he is McLaren's future, but any team could have come in and been like, we want you, come here. Do you know what I mean? Like, So they did do really well signing him so quickly. Uh, on, on the other side of the garage, poor old Daniel Ricciardo again. I mean, he... Um... He looked quick in practice, and um, then he admitted on Saturday that he just uh, he just did not know where his pace went overnight. It was um, it was another uh, elimination in Q2, a P13 start for him. He managed to get himself up five places in the first lap, back up into the top ten, and then then he had a power issue, which saw him lose all his progress again, and then just ultimately got got caught in the midfield. So it's um, yeah, two real contrasting fortunes at the moment for them. I do wonder if what was the issue in the race was actually the issue in the qualifying as well, because I don't see how. Obviously, last weekend at France, he had quite a good weekend as well. So I thought, oh, he's on the up. And then on the Friday practice, he was he was doing really well. And then obviously Saturday out on Q2 and then Sunday still not even in the points. So I do wonder if the issue on the Sunday was the same issue that they had maybe on the Saturday qualifying. But yeah, it's not really looking great. And I just feel like it's such a shame because I feel like he fits in really well. And I feel like they would that McLaren would be properly fighting for P3 if Daniel was getting regular points and I feel like with one side of the garage not getting regular points it will lose them that sort of spot against someone like Ferrari or even the Alpha Tauris because they've been performing really well recently as well. 
Yeah, they have, and um, it, it does make you wonder, like, what the solution is for him at the moment. Because, well, I mean, in in sort of defence of him, um, Sebastian Vettel said it after the race. He was wedged in that midfield battle as well, and because but because um, the Red Bull rings a short circuit, everyone's really closely matched. So he um, he got caught in a bit of a DRS train, so he couldn't really overtake many people in front of him. And Ricardo just ended up in the same situation. So um, it does make you wonder that if he hadn't had that issue, like, how much he would have been able to push on. Because Lance Stroll managed to. To get good points out of out of it in his Aston Martin, and you know, <laughs> if if Ricardo had been at the head of that, it does make you wonder how much further he would have been able to go. Well, yeah, if you look how many places he gained so quickly in the first couple of opening laps, he could probably have gone on and carried on doing that throughout the whole lap, just like Lance. But obviously, that power issue came in. So, yeah, I do think he's like working better in there. Obviously, like the France was great, and then obviously Friday was great as well. But I don't know. I just I feel like. I don't know. I don't know what to suggest for him because I just feel like it's like step forward and then it like steps back straight away. Yeah, and he did eye this um, this triple header as being the time to really bed into the car and really get to grips with what he's doing. But um, he's had uh, he's had a good weekend in France. There's just followed by this massive dip. So his response this weekend is going to be huge for him. Yeah, I feel like this weekend he really needs to like pull something out the bag because, like you said, he said this triple header is like how I want to be embedded in a team and to go for having a really good first race and then the second race and triple header's not that great. Like he's obviously uh, disheartened. So he really does need to sort of uh, pull him out the bag this week and get his confidence back. And you really hope so for his sake as well, because I don't really know that many people who aren't, fan, who aren't fans of Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, I mean, Zach Brown came out in his defense as well saying, you know, you, you don't win seven races by accident. And um, it's, yeah, it's absolutely true, but um, it does make you wonder if, um, if Lando Norris has almost been underestimated on the grid, really. I think I think Lando has really like grown a lot this season, and I don't think we actually realised that he was that good just because of how good Carlos is as well. Because obviously Carlos was outperform Lando on the Sundays, but Carlos is so underrated as well. And it's not until Carlos has gone to Ferrari that people have actually realised, oh my god, he's actually really good. And now I think Daniel coming into McLaren. I think Lando sort of realised like I cannot be in the shadows anymore, and I think he's shown that like he's done so well so far this season. So I think that's really good. Like I think he's just improving and improving and improving. Yeah, absolutely. And um, on on the subject of um, of Carlos Sainz as well, he probably had the sort of underrated drive of the day, didn't he? Because he started in P twelve. Uh, he went long in his first stint to um, I think he went to that forty two in the end or forty three. Uh, to before his first pit stop and then he was able to to jump pretty much everyone in front of him and ended up p6 so that, that's a really good race for him yeah i can't believe he didn't actually get voted driver of the day like he <laughs> i think we never see him either like he's never shown so we don't actually see how good he is but yeah like his comeback from uh p12 to where p6 like that was really good especially like you said there was a lot of the trainer the drs train in the midfield so for him to sort of leave that and get up there into the points that's like really good as well and to be like with Charles like Ferrari scored a lot of points this weekend compared to McLaren so yeah P6 and P7 for Ferrari so you know managed to claw back that gap a little bit to um to McLaren but ultimately Charles Leclerc won driver of the day and um it you know it was a really good turnaround for him he called it um one of his best performances in Formula One after the race you know he had to come in on the first lap after um after contact with Pierre Gasly and um you know, he he was just fighting his way back up there, wasn't he? Yeah, I think obviously after the first lap sort of incident that happened, he really was fighting his way through the field. Like he was so far behind. Um, but he came back and he literally went through everyone, like the overtakes he was doing to get up 
like up to the point so yeah obviously like we have we have to look at the incident that happened in the first sort of couple of laps like that's why he that's why i didn't give him driver today because i thought he just caused an incident but he's he's driving after that if that hadn't happened in the first lap, he definitely would have got driver of the day in my eyes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he started P7 on the day as well. So starting and finishing where he ended up on the grid after uh, after having contact, having to pit on the first lap and, and take a two-stop where most people ended up taking a one-stop. Um, I think that, you know, that's, that's a real show of how impressive his drive was. And to be fair to him, I think um, I think driver of the day was was pretty pretty fair in the end he, he, he made some great moves i can remember his one on esteban ocon as well around the outside at turn four that sort of plunged down the hill that, that was that was really brave that one wasn't it yeah he did so many overtakes at turn four like that was what was keeping me entertained like after like, that <laughs> overtake everyone on that like, on turn four yeah that's yeah that's probably a sign of how the race was at the front to be fair bar uh bar perez's final stint but you know it's it's good to see Ferrari back competing again because they've had this lingering tyre issue which they're not 100% sure they'll be able to fix properly before the end of the season but but they, they looked a bit stronger this weekend didn't they? Yeah it did, it did look promising for them and that also means it looks promising for them in the championship as well especially like what we said if Daniel Ricciardo is still not getting the points that we expect from him that is a big bonus to Ferrari and they will look to keep getting more points like that exactly and then well they've only got a few days to turn around uh, to be able to do it but unfortunately we have to mention poor old George Russell what a what a sad race for him after um after missing out on Q3 by eight milliseconds uh, getting promoted to P10 for the start of the race after Yuki Tsunoda got a, pe- a grid penalty uh, was running comfortably in P8 <laughs> during the race as well and then um then he, he came into the uh to the pits Looked like uh, looked like his team were trying to fish something out of his right side pod, but obviously that that issue just kept going because he was in the pits for eighteen seconds that that first time, and then he had to come back in a couple of laps later to try and fix it. But ultimately, he had to retire from the race. And that, if if he didn't have uh, bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all, would he? He's honestly, I just think he's the most unlucky F1 driver I've ever watched. Like, <laughs> I just think. Well, as soon as I heard the radio message saying plan B for reliability, I was just like, something is going to go wrong here. Like, I think that just shows that that Williams is not ready to be up in that sort of battle. But, but he was driving it so well. Like, he looked like it belonged up there. And obviously, when we heard that and then he pitted and it was 18 seconds, I was like, no, something's not, not right. And then obviously, he went back in again and was sat there again. And I was like, they're going to retire. And then he went back out and I was like, okay. But then he pitted again and then he actually retired. So, yeah, it's really sad for him. Obviously, he did really well all weekend. So, hopefully, they can uh, do like well like that again next weekend. But I just don't see how they're going to get points if their car cannot sort of sit in that sort of battle for that long. But it's, it's good to see Williams actually being able to, to compete in, in that area again, even if it is with Russell alone. But I, you have to give Latifi credit because even though he was knocked out in Q1, I think he was only a tenth behind Russell in um in Q1 as well, but because the margins were so fine, he, he ended up being knocked out. But to to see Williams sort of in in there again is is at least encouraging for them. Yeah, it's definitely promising as well because obviously they've got new owners now, so more money that they can put into the car. So I think it is really exciting to see them battling back up there. And like you said, Latifi, I think we need to give him some credit as well. Like he he was that close to George just just because everyone else was that close to George that he was knocked out in Q1. You have to give credit to to George Russell after the um, after he retired as well because they played his team radio message and um, 
he he effectively just said to his team, "Look, don't worry, we're all in this together. We're um, we'll come back stronger." And like, if if I was in his position, I don't think I'd be able to be so uh, level-headed about it, to be honest. Yeah, like I feel like George is a really good team member to have because he is so calm, and he, I think he's a really good team player. Like, if something goes wrong, he's like, "Okay, I know I'm feeling this right now, but we've got a whole team that are feeling exactly the same." Um, so yeah, like his team radio, bless him. Like, it's all right. Don't worry, we've still got next week it's all right but yeah like, I just feel so bad for him because this would have been a great weekend for him to get points you, like, you can't help but, but feel like it, it's just a curse now isn't it like are those first Williams points ever going to come for him <laughs> I honestly don't know I feel like he'll be announced for Mercedes before he even gets a point for the Williams <laughs> oh god but if like, you feel for like for the three seasons that he's had there you you kind of feel like he deserves that just that one break like even if it's one p10 finish that's that's just all he needs isn't it just for that just for that confidence boost if nothing else yeah and i don't even think just for him like imagine how happy the team will be if they even get one point like they haven't had points for so many years now that one point would be like yes we've actually got one like great like the confidence would be so high in that team so hopefully it comes i really want it to Looking in the wider context of um, of the race as well, like further down the field, um, like we mentioned in in our preview show about Esteban Ocon getting a, a new three year deal at Alpine, but he he looks absolutely nowhere this weekend. And um, whereas Fernando Alonso, on the other hand, is just getting quicker and quicker, isn't he? Yeah, obviously when Ocon announced his deal, I was a bit surprised. It sort of came out of nowhere, but I was like, okay, he's actually been performing like really well. And then since then, it's been a bit like I've signed the deal now. That's fine. I can just sort of sit back. But then Fernando, who I didn't think would be that great against Ocon has really like fr- like pulled it out of the bag. He's been doing really well. Exactly, and um, he actually he actually said uh, during qualifying that his car was uh, quote beautiful to drive. Which um, you know, Alonso over the past, if he was in that sort of position in a McLaren, you don't know if that would have been the same sort of radio message, really. Yeah, like I feel like oh my god, he's actually happy with his car, like in P <laughs> wherever he was P seven. I was like wow, like before he'd be like, why am I not? P4 or P3 so it's like really nice to see the sort of change in him I think he's just happy to be driving again yeah and uh, and now he looks fully up to speed again it, 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 Ocon's sort of been in a shadow in the last couple of races so even though he's just signed this this big new deal he's like, he's gonna have to start you know picking up his picking up his ideas again this weekend isn't he yeah like he needs to be back where he was before he signed the deal and like still competing like sort of against Fernando because I think they do work really well as a team but obviously you don't really want one driver being leaps and bounds above the other driver yeah absolutely and that that can't be too good for the team as a whole as well but um, I feel like we need to mention Yuki Tsunoda as well he uh, got himself into Q3 would have qualified P8 but he got uh, got a three-place grid penalty for uh, for impeding Valtteri Bottas on his on his flying lap but he managed to get in the points as well which um which will be a, a nice little moment for him as well because because um, he mentioned that he had um, had a call with Helmut Marco in the week and I can't imagine that being uh, too much fun if if you're not in his good books. Yeah, I think that was definitely needed, uh, the result yesterday. Obviously, he did really well in qualifying, but like, he got that three-place grid penalty, which obviously, yes, I agree, but I feel like he didn't know that he was there, which is kind of like, okay. But like taking that out of context, like he did... He did really well yesterday to get back in the points and sort of stay there the whole race. Obviously, with Pierre losing out in the first lap incident, like AlphaTauri really did need him in the points, and he really did like prove that he he can be up there. Yeah, which which is only good for the team as well because um, like poor Pierre Gasly as well. He looked uh, looked set for another um, another really strong race, so uh, have to feel bad for him on that front. But um, 
on like just outside the points was Kimi Raikkonen as well. I think he gained more places than anyone. He uh, he started P eighteen, finished P eleven, which was um, which was a really strong race for him. But you know, when when you can have a strong race and then not finish in the points, that must be a little bit demoralising. Yeah, especially when you're P eleven and so close to P ten. But like for Kimi to get from P eighteen to P eleven in an alpha, like it shows he's still got it. Like he's, still, I know he says it's just a hobby, but he still has the talent to be here. Yeah, exactly. And um, like, can Kimi Raikkonen get demoralised? Is is that a thing? I, I I don't think he actually cares to be demoralised. To be honest. No. How many people can say they're driving a Formula One as like just for a hobby as well? That's amazing. It's just there for the fun. And you know what? Even though like talk keeps swirling year after year about his retirement, like um, if he ends up being replaced by Mick Schumacher next year in that Alpha, he'll probably be be happy enough with the career he's had. To be fair, yeah. I mean, he's been. I feel like he's been in Formula One since I can remember, and like he like he's still doing well. So I don't feel like he'd be looking back at his career and be like, no, it's not been that good. Like he's still here. Like he's still getting results. So yeah. Oh, fair play to him, but um, like, look, looking at the rest of the field, um, the two Haas drivers got uh, got pretty close again, didn't they? And um, and like, I can't tell if it it was a nice or a weird moment that um, that Gunter Steiner gave Nikita Mazepin uh, a little a little spinning top for being Nikita Mazepin. Like, would you? Like, is that a good thing for your team principal to be giving you? I mean, I know it was a joke, but I'd be kind of like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, what, what are you trying to say? But then also, I think if you look back at how him, Gunther uh, Steiner, and Roman used to joke about and stuff like that, I feel like now Roman's gone. He's got a he's got a nicely bully someone else in the team. So I think that is that is going to be Nikita Mazepin. But yeah, I feel like uh, Mick and Nikita they keep coming like not coming together, but they keep fighting on track because obviously they're at the back fighting each other. But sometimes I feel like okay, this is a like a good decent racing battle. But then other times I'm like, this is going to end in disaster. <laughs> well, and yeah, it does make you wonder. I mean, they're both rookies ultimately, and they like you say they're they're probably going to be fighting each other. But um, it's yeah, still a little bit a little bit dicey for them as well. And I don't think Gunsteiner can take the mick too much because considering Mazepin's dad sponsors the team, that's <laughs> probably not the best look, is it? No, he probably should stop doing that. I think there's been in top opinion. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes on that one. But you know, at least he, he didn't spin too many times this weekend. I think I think it was maybe one or two in practice. Yeah, I think I think it was maximum two. I didn't see him spin any more. No, so, but that's an improvement, I suppose. Oh God! <laughs> right, Mr. Mazepin, if you're hearing this, uh, you didn't you didn't hear any anything of what we just said. Um, um, but you know, Mick Schumacher again. Uh, he was ahead of Latifi in the Williams meet. Granted, Latifi um, got pretty heavily damaged on the first lap as well, so um, it's it's a bit of a shame for him. But he, he did manage to get past, and um, you know, a bit more confidence for him. Yeah, especially after like when he had he come out that he had been driving with a crooked seat all season or <laughs> and his mum like, noticed it's like, it. His yeah. mum was the one who noticed it. Like how how have you not told them? So when this is the eighth race, how have you not told them that your seat's not comfortable? Like whatever. But yeah, I think um, between them sort of teammates, it's it's like really close because when you look at sort of quali they're like it's like all over the place or when you look in the race like sometimes one one's like one minute behind 30 seconds behind so I do think it is really close but yeah I feel like Mick I feel like <laughs> I don't know like when I look at Haas I feel like Mick's the um 
better driver but that's just because of like I've well he formed in F2 and like his like sort of quality results and race results but yeah I think he should be confident especially if this like sort of swap to alpha is kind of in like in his head like he could be like okay I'm gonna be going to a better in in speech marks team yeah and um, ultimately they're a ferrari owned team as well and he's in the ferrari's driver academy so that is a move that would make sense if he's if he's doing well but that that, that talk has only really emerged in the last week or so and he was asked about it at the weekend and um he's very diplomatic just saying you know focused on the here and now not not really thinking about anything else but um would you see that as a logical step for him to take next season i mean i would see it as a logical step he's had a season for um experience in the Haas. Uh, to step up into a team that's actually owned by a Ferrari, he could take the Ferrari seat or even the Sauber seat in that Alfa Romeo. Um, so I do feel like it would be a logical step for him. Obviously, if they want him to, I feel like he should take it. But if not, he could still probably have another year in the house and get more experience before making a move to a different team. And well, Charles Leclerc worked well on that team, didn't he? And it didn't go too badly for him in the end. Exactly. And I feel like he will be in a Ferrari sometime in the future just because of it's Mick Schumacher so <laughs> it's, it's meant to be but uh, well if um, if the current Ferrari pair keep going as they are I don't know if um, if they'll be that willing to change at the moment because um, well, you, you mentioned Carlos Sainz earlier they're, they're only separated by eight points to the Clarence Sainz as well and um, to to go from Vettel having such a poor season last year it's it's nice to nice to see the sort of whole Ferrari um, team and uh, effectively Ferrari brand competing again because their their engine is much improved as well and um, if if Mick's put in that alpha next year in, in an engine that could potentially compete a little bit higher up we might be able to see a bit more about what he's about mightn't we? Yeah definitely I think if he did move to a, a sort of another team that do like if we, if we see Kimmy going from P18 to P11 in an Alfa Romeo there's nothing stopping Mick doing that if he was in that Alfa Romeo as well so do you think we'd be able to see sort of more from him if he did move but I think he's doing all right now. Like he's doing the best that he can in that car. So like we just got to see what he is doing in the rest of the season. Uh, as we mentioned as well, um, so coming straight up this weekend is uh, is the Austrian Grand Prix, also at the Red Bull Ring. Um, like, how much do you reckon will will change this weekend like, within the field? Do you reckon it'll be more of the same, or like who who do you think might make the most improvements over over the course of the week? I think the midfield battle will be like more because I feel like the top sort of teams won't change that much. I still think it will be Max Hamilton, Bottas and Perez sort of batting it at the top. But I feel like we saw such good performances from the Alphataris and uh, Lance and the Aston Martin. So I feel like the midfield battle will be a bit more intense just because they've got used to the track and like they did, like there was a big battle between them this week. So yeah, I feel like the midfield will be a bit different. The front probably sort of similar just because it's them two teams, but the midfield I think will be different this week. Yeah, exactly. At least with a couple of variables with the tyres, you never, <laughs> you, you'd hope it might lead to a bit of a different outcome and hopefully a more entertaining race as a result. I mean, it wasn't the worst race in the world, but like, but like we said at the start, it just shows how, uh, how high the bar has been this season so far. Yeah, I think like the fact that everyone was expecting Barcelona and France to be the worst races and they actually turned out to be pretty good races just shows that this season is so unpredictable and anything could actually happen. 
Exactly. And, and we will be here to preview it all with you in, in the week. And make sure you head to planetf1.com for all of your uh, your pre-race news and views from around the paddock. And uh, make sure you follow us on social media as well. Uh, we are planetf1.com on Instagram, planet underscore f1 on Twitter, and just planetf1 on Facebook, and you'll be able to find us. Um, Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was a very good chat, as normal. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, and anyway, thank you very much for listening to Talking Point, and we will be speaking to you in the week. Podcast Network.